0: So, there's there's an old joke that you used to see on on birthday cards. Maybe you even received the birthday card with this joke on it. And on the front of the card it says, Don't don't worry about the past, you can't change it. Don't worry about the future, you can't predict it. Don't worry about the present, I haven't got you on. (laughs) And uh, the the things that, that often makes us laugh about a joke is there's a grain of truth somewhere in that joke. I think the grain of truth in that joke is often we are caught up in the past. We either reminisce in the past or we regret the past or we're caught up in the future, worrying about the future. What's going to happen next week, next month? What will happen next year? And therefore, we don't attend to the present. Often, we're not present in in today. And even when we are present in today, we're often still pulled back into the past or worried about fears of the future. So once again, we find ourselves, don't we, in a a present time of great uncertainty. We thought things were getting better, didn't we, just a week ago. All the curves were going down in the right direction. Suddenly, everything seems to be reversing. Suddenly, we're we're rebounding back into this place of doubt and fears. What's happening to our country? What's happening to our world? What's happening to our town? What's happening to people we know? And what what if the future is now like this? Not just for weeks, but for many, many months, maybe even years. What if it's just a constant cycle of restriction, relaxation, restriction, relaxation, restriction, constantly? How are we meant to live in such a present? I read uh, recently that only 0.3% of us have COVID-19. But 100% of us are affected by COVID-19. We're all affected. I'm convinced that COVID-19 is as much uh, attack, an attack on our minds as it is on our bodies, that COVID-19 is as much a psychological illness as it is a physical illness. And we see that. We're all affected, aren't we? Even uh, even just in, in, in relatively small ways. I find it really tough just working at home, just being caged in, in these four walls constantly. I find that really hard. It gets me down, and I find it difficult. But not as difficult as my wife, Alison, who more than once now has turned to me and said, Oh, when is your office going to open? (laughs) I I console myself with the thought that you can have too much of a good thing. (laughs) But it's hard, isn't it, even to be with people we love all the time. And we have to find new ways of being patient I think part of this, before we get into it, is our expectation that we've all grown up with this idea of a trouble-free life. That pretty much, life is pretty good. We're mostly financially stable. We are able to go on great holidays. We have fantastic medical facilities. But this idea, let me tell you, of a trouble-free life is a modern invention. We made it up. In the past, there was no such thing. In the past, even up to the 19th century, one in three children died in infancy. Mothers often died in childbirth. There was pestilence, war, hunger, and disease. And if you escaped all that, you'd only live till you were about 45 anyway, because that was was life expectation. It's still like that in some countries. But for us, we've invented this concept of the trouble-free life. Even as recent as the 1940s in this country, there was no expectation of a trouble-free life. That was an absurd idea. Why would you expect that? Why would you expect that nothing bad would happen? But we've grown to expect that. We made it up because we could. Because we have great facilities. We have incredible medical technology. In the trouble-free life, we demand certainty. And yet we call it faith. Let's turn to someone who didn't have a trouble-free life. In fact, in many ways, had a trouble-filled life. So we have this short reading from Paul. This, this is the very last letter that Paul wrote from a Roman prison, from a Roman jail. He was expecting imminently to be executed and he was right. He could have worried about the future and thought, how are they going to do this? When's it going to happen? How, what will happen? What will happen to me physically? He could have immersed himself in those those thoughts and be caught up in them. Or he could have gone back into the past and reminisced and thought, just wrote to Timothy, wasn't it great what we did in Galatia and Philippi and Ephesus? Let's just talk about the good old days. But instead we find Paul in this letter attending to the present, attending to today. Not blindsided, but instead attending to the present and attending to it positively specifically and optimistically so let me read to you again that short passage that uh, jazz just read to us you then my son be strong in the grace that is in christ jesus and the things you've heard me say in the presence of witnesses and trust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others join with me in suffering like a good soldier of christ jesus No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. Similarly, anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. The hard-working farmer should be the first to receive a share of the crops. Reflect on what I am saying, for the Lord will give you insight into all this. So let's do that. Let's reflect on what Paul was saying. What was Paul's focus, knowing, as he wrote this letter, that his life was almost over? Well, he uses three metaphors, doesn't he, in that passage? The soldier, the athlete, the hard-working farmer. And I know what some of you are thinking now is, that sounds really hard. I'm not a hard-working farmer. I'm never going to be an athlete. I'm certainly not a soldier. But don't check out. Just track with me, and let's see where this goes. These three metaphors, the soldier, the athlete, the hard-working farmer, all taken from first century life from a common common life that you would see on the street but what is it that paul wants timothy to take from these examples what is it that god wants you to take this morning is there something for us for our situation can this be boiled down to a single idea that we can take into our covid covid obsessed world well i think there is in fact there could be lots of ideas from these uh, metaphors couldn't there Uh, We could could get lots of messages out of this. So for the soldier, we could talk about courage, loyalty, ability to follow orders. We could talk about that. Or for the athlete, we could talk about the need for discipline, the need for training, the need for endurance. We could talk about that. Or for the hardworking farmer, dedication, persistence, as we heard earlier from Sarah. But I think one word that is common to all these disciplines to all these occupations is the simple word focus, focus, focusing on something in the present. So, from the hard working farmer, can you move on to the next? That's it. From the hard working farmer, we could talk about perseverance, hard work, and that's focus. Or from the athlete, training, focusing on the rules of the competition, focus. Or from the soldier, Think about what your commanding officer wants you to do, says Paul. Don't get caught up in civilian, affer- in civilian affairs. Focus. Focus on the goal. Don't, in other words, don't be blindsided. Don't be distracted by what's going on in the world. Don't be blindsided by whatever's going on. Don't be preoccupied or inattentive. Don't be obsessed by what the rest of the world is obsessing about right now. You must focus. And in all three cases, the area of focus is today. Paul doesn't talk about all the things that could happen and all the things that have happened. He says focus on the right, focus on right now, focus on today. He says we must attend to the present. See, a farmer must see to his current crop. There's no point in thinking about next year's crop when this year's crop is in the field. An athlete must focus on her immediate event. No point in talking about four years' time at the next Olympics. What's happening in this season? And indeed, the soldier must think, what does my commanding officer need from me right now? What are my instructions today? Not next week or next month, but what do I need to do now? Not all the things that might happen in the future. And so for us, it's the same, actually. God asks us to focus on today, not to get caught up on all the things that might happen or whatever we think has happened in the past. For our own good, he wants to work in our today. In fact, someone said to me, Chris, if you spend all your time regretting the past, and we we do that sometimes, if you spend all the time worrying about the future, you will miss what God wants to do today. In other words, don't waste your time trying to change something you can't change. What are the things, then, that God would have us focus on today? These are not new, but I think it's worth reminding ourselves on what we need to focus on, particularly in a week with such big news, with such distracting news. Focus on the good. Number First, first of all, focus on the good things we do have. Remember when we first went, in, went into lockdown, and Lots of people, and we talked about it as well in this church, we talked about a new appreciation. Suddenly, the sky seems bluer when you've got time to stop and look at it. Sometimes, suddenly, the birds are literally singing louder because we can't hear the traffic. Focus, and we had developed that new appreciation uh, culture and, and, and curate that new appreciation within you for, for, the, for the ordinary things. Be thankful. Be thankful for a lovely morning. Be thankful that our schools and unis are at least open. Be thankful for a great health service. Thankfulness we've been talking about in this service. Don't focus on the things we can't do. We can't go to the restaurant after 10 o'clock or what? Don't focus on those. You can choose what to focus on. Secondly, focus on one another. Stay kind. Stay kind. Kind to yourself as well, but kind to one another. When Jesus said... It's more blessed to give than to receive. He's not talking about spiritual brownie points. Maybe there's those as well. It is literally blessed to give. We are blessed when we give. We feel better. It does something inside us. It creates those chemicals in our brains that make us feel good. So focus on one another and accept help from one another as well. Be vulnerable. It's good for them as well as for you. Don't just focus on ourselves. And then thirdly, focus on Jesus Turn your eyes on Jesus. Spend time in his presence. Spend time listening to worship music. Spend time reading. Spend time going out on that walk and seeing God around you. You will find rest for your soul if we can focus on the person and the work of Jesus Christ. Don't focus on the news all day long. It's tempting, isn't it? Because the news is scary and all these curves going like this. Take our attention. The temptation is to say, look, it's, it's 57 now and yesterday it was 47 and tomorrow it might be some other number. Get the news once a day and get out. Get away from it. Keep your eyes on Jesus because he is always with you, whatever's going on in the world. This uh, ability to focus on today, this is the work of faith. This is the work of faith to focus, to pull ourselves away from Not forgetting about, but not to be obsessed by what's going on in the world, but to think, I'm going to focus on these things, the things that are good. I'm going to focus on one another. I'm going to focus on you, Lord. That's the work of faith. And today, perhaps in our lifetimes, for the first time, we have opportunity to show faith, to demonstrate our faith. And give yourself permission sometimes to get it wrong. Sometimes we get it wrong, I get it wrong. Sometimes Give yourself permission sometimes to have doubts, to feel afraid sometimes, to be disappointed with yourself, to be disappointed with God sometimes. He's big enough to take that. It's okay to feel like that sometimes. But when we do, when we do lose focus, let's bring ourselves back to, to, to the things that we know God wants us to focus on and remind ourselves of those things. This is the work of faith. And and where is our faith in this time? Our faith is what brings us back to the core ideas, to the gospel ideas. And make no mistake that my faith and your faith is being shaped, is being formed right now as we go through these weeks and months. We are being honed and shaped as Christians, as believers. And so very lastly, very last of all, uh, the first Uh, uh, The first sentence in that passage, Paul says to Timothy, Timothy, be strong, be strong, but not in your own strength. The sentence was be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Be strong in Christ, not in your own strength, because enabling power to focus when the world is obsessing about other things that comes from a relationship with Jesus. And we focus on Jesus and we remember that we are never alone. You are never alone in this. Let's pray. God, Lord, you you don't make bad things happen, Lord. We know that. But we also know that you can bring good from bad things. So we pray, Lord, you would bring good from the situations that we see around us today. Lord, we pray that you would bring good, that you would hone us and shape us and form us as your people, bringing a harvest of hope into this world. Help us, Lord, to focus on the things that are good, the things of you. Help us to focus, Lord, on one another and on other people, as we've been hearing today. Help us to focus, Lord, on you and on your greatness and on the name of Jesus. We ask it for ourselves in this week. In Jesus' name. Amen.